All right, and welcome back to Two Preachers in the Truth. Uh, we're going to be continuing on with our discussion on uh, divorce and vows. Uh, we got a special guest back with us, uh, Reverend Jake Clawson from Evergreen Acres Missionary Baptist Church. We're going to go ahead and start everything off like we always do. We're going to go ahead and take prayer requests. Uh, I'll start off. Let's remember Terry Braden and his family. Uh, they had COVID, and also Terry Braden had a heart cath Wednesday, I believe. So I'm going to be messaging him and checking up on him. Remember my wife's grandmother, she fell and broke her leg and had to have surgery on it. So for a speedy recovery for her, uh, you guys got any requests? Let's continue to uh, remember Jalen. They're still trying to figure out what was going on and stuff. And uh, remember my family, a very special unspoken request in the next few months. Remember this, Brother Jake. Let's remember one another. Remember uh, all the sister churches, everyone trying to uh, do what they can to advance the kingdom of God. And uh, let's remember the revival that's going to be coming up uh, here in town. And let's uh, pray for the lost. Amen. All right, Brother Jake, you go ahead and uh, open us up with prayer, please. Most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, it's once again we come before you, bowing our unworthy head as humble as we can, thanking you, God, for this day and this privilege you've allowed us to gather out at your house. Lord, we thank you for these uh, fellows that have gathered out here tonight to uh, study your word, to open it, and to talk about it, Lord. It always uh, helps us to, to read and uh, to study with one another. We know that uh, iron sharpens iron. We ask you, Lord, to help us with that tonight. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to stand and do anything in your name. It's always a privilege to do something for you. And Lord, certainly as we bow our head before you, we ask ask uh, that you would just hear our hearts tonight as these prayer requests have been lifted up for each one in each situation that's been mentioned. Lord God, we put them in your capable hands, just asking you, Lord God, that you would help and that your will would be done. And most of all, God, as we bow our head before you, Lord, we ask on behalf of the lost that you would just continue to be long-suffering to them. Lord, that there are some that we know in our lives, Lord, that don't know you in the free pardon of sin, and that, God, you would just give them an opportunity, another one. Uh, Lord, we pray on their behalf that they could be saved before it's too late. God, help us to uh, be a light in the this world. Help us, Lord, to be less like us and more like you. Help us, Lord God, that we wouldn't be a stumbling block, but a stepping stone. And help us, Lord God, that we could help somebody uh, come to know Christ before it's too late. We love you, God, and we thank you. And ask these favors in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> All right. We got a, actually, our first email uh, for the podcast. Uh, one of our followers out in Brazil. Uh, shocking to us. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't think people over in brazil followed us but you know like we said if we could just reach one person whether it be you know in this country or in another country that's what we're out to do this for is just to try yeah. to reach one person and tell them about god's love uh but they sent us this email it says hi reverend jacob it's so good to hear from you before i jump into my theory allow me to introduce myself and sorry for the long email i have a 44 year old father of two lovely active and very energized kids uh, been married for 18 years. I've been a Christian for a long time and just realized I have been serving the Lord for 30 years as a musician. I played the guitar and the harmonica at the church. I'm not the best musician, but thanks the Lord, he sees our heart first. I used to go to a Baptist church since I was a kid, but for several reasons I had to move to the Church of Nazarene. I work as a businessman, and I can say that I am 10,000 times more successful than I had ever imagined. I would be, but as God... I told God just this morning, I recognize that all I am and all I have come from you, and without you, I would be lost. 
This pandemic time has been quite difficult to me and my family. One of the things I had quit was going to the gym for exercise. So I started running in my neighborhood during the night. I wish I had the time to do it earlier. Anyway, usually when I am running, I would listen to sports radio station. But one day I asked myself, there must be something better than that. You could be improving your time with God, somehow listen to any inspirational messages, feedback from my wife that thinks I'm not spending enough time with God. Anyway, I started looking for it on Spotify and I came across with your message about communication and that's how I turned myself into a two preachers and the truth listener. My theory is quite crazy actually. It might be a reflect of my personal experiences. I don't mind you reading on the podcast. My theory may be too silly, but I will appreciate your thoughts anyway. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I have to confess that for years I have been confused with that. Don't get me wrong, I'm ready to die for my wife, but I don't think that this is what actually the verse asks us to do. My theory is mostly based on the second part of the how and not on the what. The what be love your wives. The how, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, the second part gave himself up for her. I'll start asking how Christ gave himself up for the church. Without responding to that, I cannot tell how I should love my wife. So when you analyze how Christ gave himself up, you find many interesting verses, but basically this is how he did. One, even not being guilty, he took the fall. Two, even knowing he was right, he took it quietly. Even without deserving, he accepted the penalty. He was humiliated and suffered with punishments. He died because he loved us, but he did not deserve to die. My point is, many times after a fight with my wife, I have chosen to say I'm sorry to her because I love her, not because I'm really guilty. Two, even knowing I was right, I took the fault sometimes quietly. Three, I can tell you sometimes a big fight or argument comes with a penalty, so I take it, not always as nice as it seems to. Four, starting an argument or fight with my wife for me is very similar to the path that Christ had towards the cross. Painful, and you know what you're going to have at the end. Even though many times I don't deserve it, I raise the white flag, take the blame because I love her. So far, he sounds like a typical husband. Uh, (laughs) I may be totally wrong, and as I said, can be a reflect of my personal experiences, but this love mentioned in Ephesians has to do with converting injustice into love pride into love and forgiveness. I've shared this with a friend and basically said, you have to be really soft and weak to do that. But I'm not saying that we should let our wives being in control of everything or rule our lives. I mean, the how part is the mystery. What do you think? I have many other thoughts and feedbacks on the podcast that I would like to share, but I've made this message too long. So I'll I'll leave it for another time. God bless you and keep up the great work. Uh, So I'm going to start a little bit of discussion on this. I'll get your guys' thoughts on it and then we'll get into our scripture here. But uh, uh, first off, there's a a song by, uh, I believe it's by Joe Diffie and it's called Tougher Than Nails. Um, first off to, you know, take the guilt and everything. Uh, Christ took a lot of abuse in that, but let me tell you, Christ was anything but weak. Right. You know, just like that song says, he, he was tougher than nails. Amen. Uh, he was not weak at all. So, you know, understanding and learning, uh, I basically look at it as a picking and choosing your battles in marriage. 
uh, with what you're talking about here. Sometimes you just, even if you know you're right, you're, you have to ask yourself, is this argument really worth it to keep it going? Or do you, like you said, you just put up the white flag and go on. You pick and choose your battles. Uh, Brother Jake's over here smiling, so I'm going to let him say. Oh, no, I just uh, I, w- I just tr- flipped over to Ephesians 5.25. Like most of the Bible, I have to admit that I knew kind of what it said when he mentioned it, but I wanted to see exactly what mm-hmm. it said because every word and everything's important. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that verse that he, that he quoted in the email, Ephesians 5.25, and my Bible says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, as Christ, also the church, yep. you know, making that right. comparison. It's mm-hmm. a you know, simile. But uh, he goes on to say a few more things. And then the 32nd verse, and I'm going to make a point, and it's going to be quick. He says, this is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, in the next verse, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Mm -hmm. So Paul is making this comparison to the church at Ephesus. And he starts off by saying that, and if you have to read back before, in the stuff that nobody ever wants to talk about, right? right? This is the yeah. stuff we don't like, especially mm-hmm. in the world we live in today. Right. When it talks about, um, it says, let's read the 21st verse. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Mm-hmm. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wife. So... Paul is making this comparison between husbands and wives, and there's nothing wrong with the Bible here. But sometimes, and this is the point I want to make it, I'm going Sometimes we look so much into something, and we miss the forest for the trees. Right, right. Paul is talking about the kind of love that Christ had for the church. He died to save us. Christ did not need a Redeemer. He did not need a Savior. He did not need to die on the cross. Some people, you know, some people say, well, you know, he, he he needed to die on the cross. He did not need to die on the cross. Right. We needed him to die, to die on the cross. The cross. Right. Exactly. We needed a savior. But but Paul clarifies himself. He says, this is a great mystery. And it makes me think of questions just like this, you know, where and the guy gets so in depth with it. I think he makes great points. He's obviously studied his Bible. Kudos for that, man. Amen. Right. For looking Amen. up those scriptures, for yep. making those comparisons. That's great. And every chance you can to wave up that white flag and have peace. That's the it. Bible said, let us live peaceably amongst exactly. men as yeah. so much as it be possible. You know, God bless you, brother. Live live peaceably with your wife. I think uh, the writer of Proverbs said, you know, it's better to dwell in the corner of the, the rooftop than in the house with a contentious woman. So right, right. just take that into consideration. <laughs> but that being said, Paul is talking about the relationship between Christ and the church. He's making the comparisons where he can. But he does clarify and say, this is a great mystery. Yes. But I speak concerning Christ in the right. church. Nevertheless, even though that's what I'm talking about, while we're at it, let me just say this. Every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. It's a two-way street. Yep. It's not I give up everything so you can be happy. It's <clears throat> we compromise. You, right. you see what I'm saying? You become and one. You, that, and that's exactly where I'm going yeah. with it. Because the scripture I think we're going to read later on, Christ tells him, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, 
cleave unto his wife, mm-hmm. and they too shall be one flesh. Right. They are no more twain, but one flesh. Right. No man ever hated his own flesh, I think Paul says in here. Yeah. But he nourishes it and cherishes it. Right. Yep. It's the essence of what he's yep. saying. You treat your wife like you would like you would want to be treated, like like you would treat your own flesh. Because right. that's what she is to you. She's, you know, they say, this is my partner. This is my, you know, whatever fancy names they put on. This is my soulmate. This is my friend, all that stuff. That's great in Hallmark cards. But Christ <laughs> said that you're no more twain, but one flesh. Right. And that's what God Amen. sees her as Amen. in right. his eyes. And there was something that you pointed out there, too, when you're reading, you know, as Christ. I, I can't help but to think that when we become Christians, we are to live as Christ. So everything that we do is in correlation with what Christ would do, right? And I just think that that's important, not only in your marriage, but your lifestyle in general. The love that he had was agape love, right? A a sacrificial, unconditional, selfless love that we constantly are striving to achieve, right? Because we we don't understand that type of love, right? We, we, We can't even wrap our brains around God's love, but we're supposed to try to get to that point, right? So everything we do, we should do as Christ, as Christ would do. So live your life in prayer, your marriage, saturate it with prayer to seek out to find where God's right. going to lead you. Right. And yeah, you make like you make some great points in that, but like like Jake said in that it he, he's talking about the church and everything, but yet yeah, it, it's a two-way street. You know, you, you got to give and take, and right. that's all part of marriage. It's a compromise, basically, uh, of a lot of things. But we want to thank you for uh, your email. Hope we kind of went over it and answered it the best Let me we add could. one thing, Jake, if I Go can. ahead, brother. Just because I, like, I, I enjoyed the guy's email and, the, mm-hmm. and what he did. He was talking about way almost above my head, too smart for me, but he was talking about the what and the how and making those comparisons. Right. Loving your wife is the the what, but it's the how we want to talk about. I think down from that verse, and you have to be careful taking verses out of the context that they're written in. Paul right. is talking for that whole chapter about the times that we live in and the way that we should live and the way everyone, you know, he, he covers everything, you know. But so you don't want to take it out of context, but I think he answers the how in the verse that I alluded to about no man ever hated his own flesh, but, but nourishes it and cherishes right. it. Yeah, and, and that's the how, you know, so how, how do you love your wife? Um, you forgive her. We forgive ourselves, don't we? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mess up all the time. I, I am nailing a nail and I smack my thumb <laughs> and I'm like, son of a gun, you know, and I throw the hammer down and I get mad, but that's my thumb. And then it quits hurting and I don't punish myself for the next 10 years. I don't go home and hit myself in the head with the hammer because right. I hit my thumb. I forgive myself, don't I? I move on from it. I say, man, that hurt. But you know what? I'm going to forgive myself right. for that. You know, we, we do stupid things. We don't, we don't live it. We don't um, string it out for forever, do we? We think, no. man, that was stupid. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. And then it's over. We just forgive ourselves, don't we? Yeah, right. we? We love ourselves. We take care of ourselves. It's cold outside. I want my coat on. Man, it's hot outside. I'm taking that coat off, right? Right. So it, we're we're we uh, we want to take care of it the best we can. We want to be comfortable. We want to be good to ourselves. You know, we want to forgive ourselves. When when Paul's talking about, you know, you say, "What's the answer? What's the how?" You you love your wife 
like 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 you, like you love yourself yeah, right yeah. Exactly. You, you take care of it you do good to it you forgive it you know you that that's what you do to yourself and so yep. that's the way that's the way god wants us to be with with our husband and our wife that's very what well god put wants us to do. A, very amen. well put that is very well put and but thank again thank you for your email uh keep emailing us if you've got questions on this podcast or any other input you know don't worry about how long it is we enjoy reading them. We really enjoyed this one. So yeah, it actually know, made my day coming. when it, you when you sent that to me, and it was yeah. from Brazil. I was like, "Wow, that is that's pretty amazing." So it actually made my day. So we enjoy hearing from you, right? So uh, and hopefully you keep listening. Uh, we're gonna get into uh, our discussion now, which that email is gonna be part of the discussion too with what we're talking about. Uh, we're gonna we started talking about divorce last podcast, and we want to go in a little bit more in depth with it because we want to. Uh, Take and also talk about the vows, which is, you know, divorce is the breaking of the vow uh, that you make before God. And there's importance to that. And, you know, and it's still we'll discuss things like forgiveness still in this podcast, too, because it it's all intertwined together. You know, you, you've got to have forgiveness in your marriage and, you know, the unwillingness to forgive and is one of the biggest reasons, you know, that divorce was permitted you know in moses's time i believe in the scripture we're going to read that you know basically christ tells them that you know because you the hardness of your hearts is the reason amen you know so but we're going to go ahead and we're going to start reading in uh matthew 19 Three through uh, nine. Three through nine. Brother Mikey, do you want to go ahead and read for us? You yep. got a good reading voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. <clears throat> Matthew 19, verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, it is, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, He Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined to together, let no, not man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement, and to put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. <clears throat> and I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be <clears throat> for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. All right, and... Uh... Since you're our guest, Brother Jake, you want to go ahead and start us off on this discussion with your input so far? <laughs> Putting him on the hot seat here. Uh. I'm sure. I mean, I guess. I, I don't. You know, to me, I think about this scripture, and I'll just start off by saying this. We're talking about marriage. We're talking about divorce. Um, these are some of the topics that um, throughout time, and all the debates that have been had and all the discussions that have been had, you you have people who are of two minds, you know, they're of, yep. of different minds about it. And so it is something because it affects so many people and because it directly affects us. Um, but 
to me, Christ made it simple. Mm-hmm. We make it hard. Yep. Right? So as people, we are the ones that make it hard. Christ makes it simple. The Pharisees come to him. It's important to, to know the question that they ask him. They don't ask him, is it lawful to put away, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? But they ask him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? You know, they, mm-hmm. they state that. And then Christ goes on to tell him, you shouldn't put your wife away at all. Right, right. right. I mean, that's what he says in the first there, right? Yeah, right. I mean, basically, I, I don't want to paraphrase the Lord here. It's in red words. We, Mike, you read it. But that, that's what he says. Have you not read in the beginning? He made right. him male and female. Man mm-hmm. cleaves to his wife. They're no longer twain one flesh. What God has joined together, let not man put us under. But then they ask him another question. Why then did Moses command that you could give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? <laughs> the hardness of your hearts. And that's the answer that Christ gave him. The yep. hardness of your hearts. Yep. And uh, and really, that is something that has not changed. I think it's funny that we are in, uh, what year is it? 2021. 2021. Yeah. <laughs> and all the things that have changed in the world. We have you know smartphones and technology. We're out here at the church. Got a little microphone stand and a laptop and this uh, sound box here. Look at how technology's advanced. Oh, yeah. Uh, the guys listening in Brazil, man, yep. things are crazy. But there's some things, no matter what changes in the world, that have never changed. That's it. And the hardness of man's heart is is one of those things. Uh, in fact, it could be even changed. getting worse. <laughs> it, right. it is. But, you know, from the beginning, these are the things that, that mankind has struggled with. God gave them one commandment in the garden, didn't he? He did. He, just don't eat that tree. You can have everything else. <laughs> Name the animals whatever you want. Walk with me in the cool of the day. Eat, take, whatever else you got. Just live here in paradise. See that tree over there? Don't touch it. Don't look at it. (laughs) Simple enough. Just leave it. That was their commandment. That was God's law, right? In the beginning, that was God's law. Don't touch the tree. And what did they do? They touched the tree. As a team, they ate the fruit, didn't they? That's it. They did. I mean, Eve was beguiled, and Adam took the food too, didn't he? He did. You know? So as a team, they sinned. A lot of times in marriage and divorce, because that's what we're talking about. Right. We want to focus on your sin. That's it. I, I'm a husband, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to focus on my wife's sin. The truth of it is, and we hate to admit it, is that we all have sin. That's it. Yep. We all have sin and we all have trouble. And we'll focus all day on your sin. That's it. But don't look at mine. Right. Don't ask me about mine. It's all about you. Don't ask me about me. So it, we all have the hardness of our heart. To me, the Lord made it simple. You shouldn't put your wife away, except for fornication is what he told them. Mm-hmm. You know, but because of the hardness of your heart, still the only thing I accept, I accept, and I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, underline that six times, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whosoever marrieth her which is put away, commits adultery. It's plain and simple. Yep. And then what does the Bible say about adulterers? I mean... It doesn't say good things. Right? No, it does not it doesn't. say good things. You know, that, that's the thing about it. it, it the Bible says, and, and and someone will send you an email and say, that's not what it says. Um, but Paul, and I can't quote you the chapter and verse, so if you can, email Jake or Mikey and tell them that I'm wrong and all that stuff. That'd be great. You'd be looking through your Bible. But the but but Paul says in one place, he, he talks about, about sexual sins. Mm-hmm. And how that they're different. All sin separates us from God. I want to point. I want to make sure everyone understands that. But they are a mark against our own bodies. 
And that is different. And so when you have a relationship between a husband and wife, it is different than any other relationship that you ever have in this world. And so the things that it affects are way different than any other than, than other things do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If Mikey got mad at me today and was like, man, I didn't like what he said. And I'm just not going to talk to him anymore. And I was like, man, Mikey, I, I hope you're not mad at me, you know, and, and but we just can't be friends anymore or, and we can't work it out and he's not my friend anymore, then my life will go on and his life will go on. Uh, yeah, right, you know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that friendship's not the same as a, as a marriage, is it? No, it's Because not. that is a relationship unlike any other right. in our life. Right. The relationship that we have with our wife the relationship that we have with our children, those are the those are the relationships God cares about. That's it. God doesn't care if I am the most popular person in the world. No. But God wants me to treat my wife good, and God doesn't want me to cheat on her, and God wants me to, to take care of her, and God wants me to raise my children according to his word. That's it. And right. that's what God commands us to do. That's it. Right. Amen, brother. Hey, you got something you want to? Uh, I did have nothing off the top. Oh, of okay. No, I, I, I didn't know the way you put your hand up. I was li- I was just listening and right. admiring what he said. So but I will say, let me say another thing. Yeah, okay? no problem. The problem is here is that the Pharisees, the intent of their heart. Right. And see, here's the thing that we talk about all the time. We we talk about marriage and divorce, and you'll have people that say that say, you know what, preacher, I would have worked it out, but she wouldn't. Or, or you have a lady who say, I would work it, I would have worked it out, but he wouldn't, right? And you have this, and we point the finger, and you know what? You could be completely true. The thing about it is, is that God judges the thoughts and the intents of the heart, right? Mm-hmm. But what does mankind? What What do we see? We don't see your heart. No, we see the we, outer. We see your actions. Yeah, yep. right. God can judge them. The Bible says, because Christ called them adulterers, He said, "Whoremongers and adulterers, and adulterers, God will judge." Because God can judge by the intent of the heart, right? Right. Yes. And and that He reserves that that judgment specifically in the New Testament. He reserves for Himself. He will judge because He judges the Amen. thoughts and the intents of the heart. The problem is here is this: in Romans, Paul was talking to the the church at Rome, and and this is what he said. He said, "Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God." Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, Mm -hmm. and changed the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. And I could read the whole rest of the chapter, and it would all apply to what I'm going to say, but I'm not going to for the sake of time. But I, I did want to touch on that verse, because the problem is here is that People view marriage as something that you just do, yeah, right? Yep. We've been together for six years. This is the way God views marriage. God expects for us, this is what God expects, to find someone, to fall in love with them. God puts those people in our lives, I believe. He, he, he puts those people in our lives. And to respect one another mm-hmm. as, you know, man and woman, and to um, make a commitment to one another. Amen. To ask for permission to marry one another, Amen. right? And then to marry and then to be give, to begin a family. But what does the world do now? The world says, you know, backwards. they say, move in together for six, you know, for a little while. Maybe even if you have a kid. And then someday when you've got your finances in order oh, yeah. and you're where you're at, you yeah. want to be in life and you've got that promotion at work and you can afford to buy a good house. 
then get married because yep. that's when it's right. Yep. And we wonder why people are in the situation that they are because they have changed the the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like a corruptible man. They think that God thinks like we do. His ways are so far above our ways and his right. thoughts so far above our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. Right. We see things and we think, well, yeah, that makes sense. Let's live together first before we make a commitment. See if we can even stand each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's let's see how this works. That's what we think. Well, I have to sleep with this person before I marry him. What if I marry him and I I don't like doing it? You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, no. These, I'm are, with these you. are the things, right? That's this the things that are promoted. Think. Absolutely. These are the things that they want you to do. Okay, but that's not the way God sees it, and that's not the way God set it up. We think about things. We we think about these scriptures, and we think, man, God doesn't expect me to, you know, uh, to stay to be unhappy. That's what people say. That is what they God say. God doesn't want me to be unhappy. I've been reading through the Bible here for quite a while, and I never have ever read where it says God doesn't want you to be unhappy. <laughs> I mean, I haven't. I'm being right. serious. I mean, I'm not. It's funny, but Lazarus laid at the rich man's gates, and the only peace he had in the world was the, that the dogs licked his source. Yeah, right. Because what does God really want from us? God wants us to be right. God wants us to live holy. God wants us to be just. God, yeah, that's what God, right. God wants us to live as Christ lived. He wants us to to be examples of the light that, mm-hmm. that Christ is in the mm-hmm. world. But but people say, God doesn't want me to be unhappy. Well, God wants you to do the right thing. When you do the right thing, when you marry someone, God says that it's a covenant. It is. It is a covenant that you make with a man and a woman and God. And when you break that covenant, God does not like when covenants are broken. No. Right. The Bible says, I, I think in this chapter... It's better to not make one than make well, one or break one, right? It's, it says this when it starts talking about it, it, Let me just read it. It says, uh, if I can find it. Let me see. Let me If I can find it, man, I thought I had it. Anyway, it says in here uh, that they would. It says, for this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change in astuce and against nature. Likewise, the men burning in their lust towards one another. Let me see. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind and to do those things which are not convenient. This is what it says mankind is filled with. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, <laughs> without understanding. And then all those nasty things that I just named. I mean, men burning in their lust one towards another, women changing the use, uh, fornicators, wicked people, covetous, maliciousness, hateful. I mean, all these hateful things I just named. And then look at what God throws in here. Covenant breakers. Mm. Lumped right in with the same group. Yep. God is not okay with us breaking our covenant. God expects us, when, and it, it, that applies to our marriage. You know what else it applies to? It applies to our church. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. We yeah. join a church. We enter into a covenant with that church. You know what God expects us to do? Uphold that covenant. To uphold, uphold that, that covenant. covenant. Yep. Amen. Because when we make a covenant, as I think Mikey said while I was on my tangent, <laughs> the Bible says that it's better to not make an oath. To not make it. Then to make one and break one. one. Yeah. God does right. not want us to break our covenants. And he wants us to keep them. And so the problem is is that people have, have begun to see God through their own eyes. 
and that is not the way God is. The Pharisees wanted Jesus to say, yeah, it's cool. Or, or, or maybe they wanted him to say, maybe they wanted to say, you know what, not for every cause, but here's, you know, four or five, six things, that, that's okay. And then they could accuse him, or then they could say, well, Jesus told me to. Right. But he didn't do that. And see, the Pharisees never had good intentions when they no. when they talked to Christ. They were always trying to tempt him. They were always trying to build a case against him because they couldn't stand him. Yeah. They stood against, he stood against everything that they were. Yeah. And that's what you, anytime you see the Pharisees encounter Jesus Christ, it was never for a good thing. Right. You know. And you were talking, and one thing that I wanted to, to say is, you know, you, you said all this stuff about, you know, how, how man has backwards. We've made everything backwards now, you know. We, we live with a woman or, a, you know, uh, to test it out or, or whatever, you know, and we've broken the rules of God, right? But why is that? That's because... In this world, Satan holds the dominion, right? right. Satan is constantly manipulating and twisting and doing what he can to try to manipulate mankind, right? Mm-hmm. And even more so, manipulate the Christian, right? Because the Christian, like Jake said in the last podcast, you want to hurt God, you make the Christians turn away from him, right? That's the only thing that Satan can really do, you know what I mean? So that was just interesting to me because you can look at the world today, Jake, and you can see Satan a lot more than you could when I was a kid, bud. Like you can, you can just see the evil that is thriving in the world today, and and it's okay. It, it, it's it's okay to everybody, you know. Like we are the ones now that are the wrong ones. We are the ones that are are haters and and you know hate mongers and evil doers because we don't accept everything under the sun, right? We don't accept what Satan is telling everybody else is right. okay, and that's the same thing with marriage he has contorted and twisted marriage to this picture where people don't even want to get married sure right and it's sad because you see the statistics 50 percent of marriages fail why do they fail because all 50 percent of those marriages don't put jesus in their marriage right right so i mean to that same point and you know and i'm not like a specialist or nothing but i would say this and i think i have god's word behind me on this you know, society used to be more aligned with the values of the Bible, right? Right. right. I mean, w- mankind is sinful, and so we have vices, and we have, you know, the Bible says God made man perfect and upright, but he's sought out many inventions. You know, mm-hmm. we, we've always had that thing. I mean, it wasn't very long. Cain slew Abel, you know, and took right. care of that. And so we have sin, but, but, but people used to be more aligned. Just in general, with the Bible, right? We always talk about the glory days of churches. Yeah. Churches used to be full. People used to go to church. Used to, people didn't want to do something because if their church find out, they'd be embarrassed. That's right. Used to, right. years ago, the church would make them get up and say what they were doing. They'd say, hey, you need to tell everybody you're sorry for acting that way. And they'd make you get up and say, hey, I'm sorry for acting that way. Yeah. But we're not anymore. No. And, and we're not. And this is what happens. You know, you've often heard the preacher or you've heard people say, you know, even forget religion, forget Christianity, forget all religion. You've heard people say about your boss at work, ah, you give them an inch and they take a mile, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. But then you've heard the preacher say, well, sin will always take you farther than you, you ever, ever wanted want to, to go. go. Amen. Okay. This is what they're talking about here. They're talking about divorce. Now, this is a big topic because, you know, it affects 50% of the population. 
Right. It affects, what'd you say? 32%? Yep, you want to make 30, that correction? 30, 32%. I said 42% last uh, podcast, but no, 32% of Christian marriages yeah. end in divorce. And like I said, for Christians, we, we shouldn't be even the double digits. Right. No. Yeah, you know, no. but to God's law. that's what I'm saying. And so this is like a touchy subject. People are like, oh, you know, I understand. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. We kind of tiptoe around it. This is what happens. When it becomes okay, and Christ never said it was okay. He, he didn't, never said he it said, was okay. He said, they said, why did my Moses give us the writing of divorcement? He said, because of the hardness of your hearts. He mentions fornication. Okay, and that's a big one. And you have to have trust in a marriage. And I completely understand that. And I'm not projecting or judging or anything like that because I can't say what I would do. I'm telling you what Christ said. Right. I'm not perfect. He says, you shouldn't get divorced. Because yeah. God intended for you to marry that woman, if you're a man, or that man, if you're a woman, God intended for you to marry that person and for that covenant to be until you died. Yeah. Right? That's what he meant, that death would break that covenant. Amen. But once it's okay for everyone to get divorced, people get divorced for what? what's the reasons? I don't love them anymore. I'm not happy anymore. Yeah. I love this person more. Um, I, uh, you know, we just could never see each other with our work schedules or, you know, I didn't like, I mean, and what is it? I didn't like the way he smelled. I didn't like the way she cooked. I mean, people get divorced <laughs> no, for anything tr- anymore, It's the right? truth. It is they the truth. They get divorced for anything. Well, we tried it for a little while, but you know what? It just didn't work out. You ever heard yeah. that one? Oh, yeah. It just didn't work out. God didn't say that was okay. No. But when that becomes okay in society... And we're going to go a different direction just for a second. You wonder why people now think, well, I was born a boy, but I'm going to be a girl. Or you know what? I am actually, I identify as a man, (laughs) but I am going to, actually, I'm going to marry this animal. Or you wonder why people look, a grown man looks at a child and thinks, uh, I would like to have a sexual relationship with that. Yeah, it's disgusting. This is what happens when you... Just say, it's everything's okay. It starts small. You give an inch, and he takes a mile. When it, You start small. And that's why Christ started off by saying, God didn't want you to do that. From the beginning, it was not so. He says that. He does. God doesn't want you to get divorced. God wants you to work out your problems. God wants you to stay married. Why? Because when you allow perversion to get a root. You ever seen the, the weeds that grow up in the cracks of the concrete? Oh, yeah. In the concrete. Yeah. They build bridges out of concrete. Yeah. You drive your car over them. But yeah. a root but a weed can grow, can grow in, in a crack in the concrete. Yep. And you, you you see that if it can take root, then it will spread. And it leads to to all the perversion that we see today, because it is a perversion of God's intent. God intended for man to love his wife as himself and for the for the wife to love and reverence her husband, and that's the way God intended it for life, and Amen. we don't live that way anymore. Amen, brother. Right, and to add on to that, because as you were talking, I was looking at some scripture that I had marked down here, and it's funny because as you were talking about that, if you go into the second chapter of Malachi and you go to uh, the 16th verse, says, For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away, for one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. Um, and as I begin to read it down, and as I go in there, um, he's talking about the treasure, the you know, the things that we do to each other, and that. But it's also referring to when he's talking about the putting away. He's talking about 
the husbands who were putting away their wives for literally no, not even a legitimate reason. Right. They were just taking the bill of divorce in that. And this is something, and it says that he hates it. And, you know, like I always point out when we're talking to that, when God calls things an abomination, which basically means that he hates it, uh, for a God of so much love to hate something. You know, it's severe. You, you got to know that it's not a good thing. No, right. And, you know, it, he says that he hates it. So he, he hates the fact that people are getting into this and going in with that, not to get, you know, too much into the Old Testament here, though. But if you go into Proverbs and... Uh, I just lost my place here where I'm going. Why do we always lose our places? Oh, here we go. Uh, I'm the the 20th track or the 20th track, the 20th chapter of Proverbs and the 25th verse says, it is a snare to the man who devoureth that which is holy and after vows to make inquiry. And so in other words, you know, we have this divorce and we try to make everything okay. And we use every excuse under the sun but again, this is something that's so precious. And even as we said before, marriage is such a precious thing to God. He even uses it to describe his relationship with the church. Yeah. And, you know, we don't inquire about it. We only inquire after we make the vows. And people don't understand what those vows are. They want to think, oh, can I, you know, live with this person? Can we share a bathroom? Trust me. Those things in a marriage are completely completely minor you can't share a bathroom get a house with two bathrooms it's quite simple (laughs) you know those are easy things to take care of but when you start getting into the the vow is can you truly stay with this person can you truly forsake all others for this one person but they don't really truly look at what truly is marriage and everything and they want to inquire it afterwards they want to react what am i getting into about what are they getting into right and that's how we need to be even with any vow that we make with god you know we need to really think about uh you know we're doing we fulfill what we're talking about you know yeah you know when when i joined the church and that and even when you know i was ordained as a uh pastor uh brother jake's the one who read the the church covenant at my ordination right and you know at the end he said you know can can you do this can you uphold it you know, Amen. so at that point, there was a thought process that went through me is, can I uphold everything on that covenant? Because right. I'm about to enter into it. Well, I mean, I already entered into it because I was a member of the church, but I'm about to go even further into it. Right. It's covenant with God. Amen. You know, it's not. Yeah, I can do it. And then all of a sudden I think about it afterwards. Right. But this is again, this is how people are with marriage. I feel like people have taken marriage and just like Jake said, it's just something we do. They, they don't put the full thought process into it of, yeah. can I actually do what is required of me in marriage? Yeah. Right. And, you know? you know, divorce is, I've said it before, divorce is like your get-out-of-jail-free card. That's the way they look at it. Yep. Right? Yeah. Try it out for the while. Oh, but I can I have this escape route if I need it. And it's that's not the way you should enter into something like marriage. I mean, it's the most, I, I always look at it like it's the closest you can get in, in like, resemblance of god you know what i mean because your your wife is resemblance of christ's love and that's kind of where we i think falter you know people want to get married for things that are not good to get married for for lust and for different things mm-hmm. and not true love right for well, the person they're getting married to not even that anymore because when you start talking about lust uh, right you know because now it's like 
why buy the cow if you get the milk for free? Right. No, <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, exactly. that's true, though. Yeah, yeah, that goes with what you were saying earlier about. You just allow everything, yeah, right. and that's yeah. where we're at today. Yeah. Right. I like the scripture you pointed out, Jake, in Malachi, that next verse that, I, that you didn't read. He says, ye have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, wherein have we wearied the Lord? Wherein have we wearied him? When you say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. Amen. And he delighteth in them. Or where is the God of judgment? That's the question that he asked him. It kind of, I mean, it's not that society has allowed things to go on. Because the world, the, the world is not going to be saved. No. You know, they talk about saving the planet. And you know what? I recycle. I take my bottles back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I, I I put my cardboard. You do in your part. You I do, do my part for the for the you know for the earth. But they start calling it Mother Earth and stuff like that. This world will be destroyed. Yes, right? it will. The elements will melt with a fervent heat. Yep. So we we can't save her. No. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's going down. We can take care of her while we're here, but but we can't save her. But it's not that the world or that the world system, the the that society has become sinful. What God is really uh, taken back with is that the church has started to say oh that's cool don't worry about it no it's okay because we're his children right, right. people say everybody's god's children no we were all created in the image of god but those who are those the believers are the family of god it's right. those who are believers who believe in christ that are joint heirs with christ not everyone else right, right. And, right. and that sounds kind of exclusive but guess what I, mean, I hate to break it to you. I'm part of an exclusive club. Amen. The family of God. <laughs> and you know what? Anybody can join. Amen. But I have joined. I was just going to say and that. And so God expects something more out of me. My dad used to tell me I would go out with my friends. And I was living in sin. I mean, I lived in sin. I still sin. I am a sinful man. God forgive Amen. me. I would go out and my dad would say, or I would ask my dad, I'd say, hey, can I go to this party or whatever? And he'd say no. And I'd say, man, dad. You know, uh, Joe's going and Greg's going and I'd name off a few friends that were going and he'd say, I'm not their dad. I'm your dad. I can't control them, but I can control you and you better not act that way. That's it. He made the point that he was my father. Right. And and he expected something out of me. Different. God makes that same distinction. God says to his church, you're my kid. I know you. The Bible says, how can they call on him in whom they have not believed? Right. Right? So we have to believe to have a relationship with God. And God says, those who have called upon my name, those who claim to be saved, those who say, I've been born again, I expect something out of you. Yeah. That's what, to see the divorce rate at 50% in the world as a whole, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's shocking, not really. But to see it in the church or among believers, Mm -hmm. and when I say the church, I mean among believers, to see it amongst God's people. At 32%. It is a shock. That's a third, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just about a third. What's a third? 33%? 33 repeated, yeah. Yeah, 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 repeated, yeah. And for infinity, 32%, we'll just say it's close enough to a third. A third of people, their hearts are hardened, and they can't can't maintain their covenant with their spouse. That's very sad. And you know what? I understand there's extenuating circumstances. I don't want these guys to get a bunch of hate mail. I can come here and say whatever I want in this podcast because (laughs) I don't have an email. (laughs) You'll have to email them. I am saying it from a good place. I want to make sure that everyone knows that I say it with love in my heart. Because God God expects for me to live close to him, and I want to. I, I want to live close right, to God. Right, amen. And I, and I want everybody else to, also, you know, I mean, let's live close to God. Amen. Let's try to live as close as we can because there's blessings, there's peace, there's joy in the will of God. 
You know what there's outside of the will of God? Anger, malice, hatred, destruction, pride, the works of yep. the flesh. You yep. ever met somebody, who, you know, how many divorced people do you meet who are like, I'm so glad I got divorced. Man, <laughs> I, I just love my... What do you see? You see bitter people. Yeah, you do. You know what I mean? You do. Took my youth from me. I yeah. wasted 10 years of my life on that old battle axe. I mean, that's what you see. Yeah, yeah. You see people, no, they've got true. bitterness, they've got anger, they've got hatred, they've got malice. People can't be in the same room as each other. They've got kids with each other, but they hate each other, so they take it out on their kids. It's not yep. good things, is it? No. It's the works of the flesh. It's the works of the flesh. Amen. But I want the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. I want them fruits, Amen. man. Amen. That's what I want. I, I I love fruit, you know, bananas, apples, oranges, all of it. I love it all. Amen, I brother. want the fruits of the Spirit. Amen. You can keep the works of the flesh. Amen. But Amen. God expects something more out of his children. I want to make that point clear. You say, who told you that? Jake Clawson told you that. God expects something more out of his people. Amen. A- Amen. And that that's what it's all about. And that's, you know, you can... Uh, Go ahead and send your hate mail because we're on the same page as Jake. You know, we're not we are. we're not here to condemn anybody. No, uh, we're no, not here to not. you know talk bad. Like if if you got divorced and all that, well, like we said, we we know there's circumstances. You know, maybe it wasn't you know one just couldn't forgive and the other was trying and you sure. know stuff like that. There's always circumstances, but when it gets down to it, and we kind of discussed this before we even started this podcast, is when we're doing this podcast, we're giving you what the Word of God says. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> It cuts us too. Trust me. There's many times where we found ourselves in fault with God's word and it hits us, but we're coming at you to give you the truth. We're not trying to sugarcoat anything, you know, or anything when the Bible says, God says that he hates it. And what we're trying to get across to you is this is no different than if we were to sit down to marry a couple, what we would discuss with them and let them know, because it's such a big deal. 32% of Christians, God's people who we're supposed to be a peculiar people. I believe right. over in Peter it says we're a peculiar people. Yeah. We um, did a podcast yeah, on that once even. We're supposed to be set apart. We're supposed to be different. Yeah. And we're only 20% away from the national average of people getting divorced. Of, of, of the world. Of the world. That's like, the thing. The, the people that aren't churched and aren't, you know, God's people. That's, right. like you said, it's not a shocker, right? Yeah. And. Yeah, things do happen, and I said something last week that I wanted to clarify on, you know, and I said that, you know, if you forgive your spouse that, you know, you won't get divorced, and I didn't mean it like that. What I was saying was, you know, is yes, if you forgive your spouse, it still takes their acceptance of that forgiveness, right? You could forgive them all you want, and then they just refuse to accept it, and they still walk out on you. But in God's eyes, you did your part. That's right. what I was trying to say. You did your part. You forgave them and you tried to make it work. You cannot control people. Right. right? You can't. There's nothing you can do about those types of situations. But always remember, God can control. Right? He is in control. But we have to seek him out. Right? Sorry. Right. No, no, no. You're good. And that goes as far as, you know, seeking him out. Even when we go to make a vow. Because we have to understand that this vow is a very sacred thing. Um, you know, God just doesn't want us to say something and then not follow through with it. Amen. You know, so you should be inquiring about it before. Uh, that, and this is why we're doing the podcast, too. Because if you're going to get married, you better understand what the expectation is in marriage. And like we pointed out in our, uh, our first episode in that, you know, we each have our role in a marriage and we need to play that role we need to perform that role in the marriage because it's important 
you know, they intertwine and interlock to where we're able to raise a family and raise a family. Right. Uh, we talked about how, you know, a father and men are wired differently than women. And in our actions, you know, we're more of the, our kid falls down. We're like, he'll be okay. Or like my dad used to tell me, suck it up. Mothers are more nurturing, but it takes both of those pieces to successfully raise a child. And I know I might just be blowing wind here because I don't have any kids, but I know these two other preachers do. And, you know, it takes both of those parts. And you've got to understand that. You've got to know your role and understand it and understand what's expected of you before you enter into a vow. Because once you break it, God intended it to be a lifetime vow yeah. till death do us part, you know. Yeah. But too many people today, like we're saying, they just go by, you know, willy nilly, just enter into it and right. hold the divorce card in their back hand, and they don't. The hardening part is God's people don't take their serving God serious, right? You, you know, it's a serious thing when you start talking about marriage. It's a serious thing with God. And we don't even want to get into it. And we just want to hold, you know, the divorce card back in our back pocket and not really understand what it truly means, what truly coming together means, what that vow means that we take, you know, and what it's going to take to not break it. And if for any reason, we feel like just like I read over in Proverbs that we're not going to be able to keep that vow with that person, then we don't need to enter into it. And it says that in Ecclesiastes, the scripture that you mm-hmm. we have written down here, five five. You know, it says, Better is it that better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that shouldest vow and not pay. Right? Right. When you vow to something, what they're talking about here is vowing to make a payment, right? Or vowing to to be accountable for something, right? They're talking about that here, but what, what it's saying is is if you can't do it, if you can't pay, then don't say you will. Right. right? So if you're going to get married and follow God's law, don't say you're going to do it and then not do it. Don't go into it with the intentions of knowing you're not going to do it. Right. Right. That's, right. that's what they're saying here. This is somebody that was, oh, I'll pay you for that. Yeah. You want to come over and cut my grass? Yeah. I'm good for it. I'll get you Friday. And in your heart, knowing that you're not going to pay. Mm-hmm. Right. It's important that you step into these things and know that. You are accountable now for that payment or for that action, right? When you vow to to God, you're accountable for that now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got anything else? No, but, oh, okay. And no, Jake, you got something you want to add to what we're talking about here? Well, no, I. I you know, you said we know that there's you know circumstances and stuff like that. The, the fact of the matter is, is that. You know, I, I'm looking at this, or I'm the points that I've made have been from a, a mindset of, hey, if you're married and you're thinking, I'm, I'm telling you, just take divorce off the table if you can. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I, I, but get I understand exactly that what there's things that go on. Christ understood there were things that go on. That's why it's mentioned. That's why the Pharisees asked him about it. But you know, a lot of times we get there's so much offense that comes along with this. But as you were saying about people who don't take their relationship with God ser- or seriously enough, mm-hmm. God's children don't don't take their service of God right. uh, serious enough. I was reading in uh, what book am I in here? First Corinthians six, and uh, this is how serious it is. Okay, I, I want to. It is serious. It says, "Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God." But be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. See how Paul just, I mean, how it just trickles into what it, 
nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then, But then Paul says this, and I want to cover this. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And I like what Paul says in this 12 firths. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. A lot of times as Christians, and that's who I'm talking to, that's who Paul was talking to here. He's talking to Christians, right? The Pharisees came to the Lord, and in the essence, the way I feel, the Pharisees were, were wanting to know what they could get away with. Right. A lot of times we serve God with the mindset from the get go. What can I get away with? And you know what Paul said here? Paul said, I could get away with anything. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. It's not what you can get away with. It's not what, oh man, it, it, some people make it in, well, if you're divorced, then you can never do anything again, or you know, you've just, your whole life is over, or don't mention my divorce because it's not your business. And it, it, that's not what it is. It's not what you can get away with, but it's what does God want? And that's what we should always be asking ourselves. It's not what can I get away with, but what does God expect from me? Not what is lawful for me. Paul said all things are lawful to me, but that word expedient, all things are not expedient. But everything's not good for me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not good for your life. Because when you get to that point where you've made that vow, um, you guys are talking about the vow, not making it, just don't make it if you can't keep it. You're talking about that. You know what happens when we, when we make those vows and we break them? Confusion. Yeah. Oh, and what yeah. does the Bible say? God is not the author of confusion. What happens when this goes on? You have kids? Well, now there's confusion, right? Yep. Yep. And God is not the author of confusion. You make the best of what you can, but just understand that the Bible says, you know, God's not the author of confusion. And he's not. Right. He's not the author of confusion. And so we should be careful not to bring confusion into our own life. Right. Because God's not the author of that. Especially with kids involved, because they'll grow up, you know, you're supposed to be the role model, and you're supposed to show them a structured marriage. You're supposed to, as a father, show them God and how to live as a godly man and and all that. And when you do that kind of stuff, that confusion then creates obstacles for them in their life, right? Because they're going to reflect back to you and say, well, Dad did it this way. Sure. And Dad did it that way. And also to the mothers, they don't get out scot-free with it either. You know, they're, they're, especially with daughters, they're going to look at them and say, well, Mom, you know, it was okay for Mom to do this. This, this is what I think. I have daughters and sons. Yep. And every day, and God forgive me, I don't always do a great job. Me either, buddy. Me but either. every day, I God requires of me to train up my children. The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they'll not depart, they'll depart from it. From it yep. It's not just tell them about Jesus, but... Show them how to be a man. Show your boys how yeah, to be a man. Exactly. Right? Yep, yep. But each day, as a father, I have the responsibility of showing my boys the way that a woman should be treated Amen. by the way I treat right. my wife. That's right. And I show my daughters the way that they should expect a man, for a man to, treat to treat them. them. Amen. And my wife the same way. Right. My wife shows my daughters how to treat her husband. Yep. <laughs> and she shows my sons what... A husband should expect from a wife. From a wife. Amen. And right. when we live our life the way that we should, and we none do, none of us do all the time. Right. But when we live the, our life the way we should and we follow God's family plan, 
man, it just works. Excellent point, buddy. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. You can't beat the way God set it up. It is the best. I tell you what, they say it's a man's world. I'm going to be honest with everybody. It's my wife's world, right. and I'm just living in it. You know That's what it. I mean? Hey, right. hey, people hey. get mad because Paul said, you know, Christ is the head of the church, the husband's the head of the wife. You know what? At the end of the day, I, I make the spiritual decisions, if you want to say right. that. Yep. You know what I mean? But I talk to my wife first Amen. because she's my flesh. That's you know it. what I'm hey. saying? She's my flesh. Listen. She's my partner. She's my helper. She's I, my strength. Shoot. I mean, all those things have to be true. And you guys were talking about the different roles that we have in a marriage. Mm-hmm. I, I could never do the things that my wife no, does. No. And you know what? She and you know they say you know, I can do anything a man can do or a man will say I can do anything a woman can do. Yeah. No you can't. No. <laughs> I mean, no. maybe You're you design can. completely different. Yeah, maybe yes. you can. Yeah. So pray for the rest of us who aren't perfect, but yeah, maybe right. you can. Right. I can't, right? I could never do some of the things that my wife does. And you know what? My wife couldn't do some of the things that I right. she probably could, but you, you know what I'm saying. We we don't do the same things. Listen, because my, God yeah. has a plan. God has a place for me, and God has a place for her. Yeah. And they're not the when God created woman, He took her. He took Adam's rib. Right, right, right there. The protector of his heart. Yep. Right there under his arm, under his wing. Yep. Took the rib and made woman. Not the sole of his foot. Yep. And not the crown of his head. No. Nope. Right. Not his butt. No. Nope. Right. He took, took the rib. rib. Yep, side right by side. Right there, side yep. by side. Amen. That's what he did. And that, people get offended at God's word because they want to be offended. Yeah. They right. want to be, they want to say, you're a misogynist and a, a a woman hater and all this stuff. I ain't a woman hater. I love women. Yeah. I, I mean, I love women. I love my wife. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. I don't hate women. I love my wife. I love my daughters. I'm not a woman hater. But that's the way God set it up. And I promise you, Take it to the bank. If you will structure your family around the biblical structure that God set up, it works. Right. It works better than anything else. Yeah. The world will tell you, no, it doesn't. The world has a war on the family. Right. You, don't now need, it does. you don't need a father in the home. You know what the what the leading uh, driver, what the, the number one uh, driver in crime is in young, young boys? Fatherless. Yeah, Fatherless father, homes. Yeah. That's it fatherless homes and you know what they think we'll get these big brother programs we'll send them down to the ymca it don't work because there's something about being a dad there's something about being a dad man when i was a kid i lived at home i didn't do some things because i knew big scott would whoop my butt that's it and you know what that's That's important that's it it is that's right it is and you know what i would i didn't do some things because if i knew if my mom was to find out the shame yeah that i the shame would kill me. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. you, you need a mother and a father in a home. And that's the way God set it up. And again, I'm not picking on people's situations. Man, there's people that have just made, by the grace of God, with the help of God, with the help of family, they've just made something out of nothing. God help you. But if you're on that fence or you know somebody's on that fence or you, you get the opportunity to minister to someone who's maybe at that point in their life, like Jake said, we're here to tell you what the word of God says. Mm-hmm. Not... You know, I, I can't deal with everyone's situation. Somebody might email and say, you know, that he don't know what he's talking about. You know what? I, I don't know what to tell you. I haven't told you anything other than what the word, the word, the of, word God of God says. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just the truth. God didn't call me to write it. God didn't call me to uh, to change it. Nope. He called me to rightly divide it. Yep. That's what he told Timothy, right? Preach yep. the word, be instant in season, out of season. Yep. Study to show thyself approved. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. That's what God called us to do. Yep. And that's what, this is what the scripture says. You know right. what I'm saying? You can't get away from that family. Marriage is a part of that family. 
Yep. Right? Hey, why, what's my la- what's my last name? Clawson. Right. Why? Because my dad's name's Scott Clawson. Right. My mom's name's Scott. It was Tina Clawson. She used to be Tina Turner, but then she married Scott Clawson. They had a kid and named him Jake Clawson. Right. That's my family right there. Right. But, you know, there no confusion there, no. is there? No, there's no. No, there's confusion there. Yeah. My kid's last name's Clawson. You know why? Because I'm their dad. Yeah. And my wife married me and she became a Clawson. My kids are named Clawson. There's no confusion there, is no. there? No, no confusion. No, there's not. No. You don't need that confusion. No. No. Don't, it, don't be the author of confusion in your own life. Right. That That's all there is to it. You can't put it any other way other way that's you know that was well said yeah it was very well said it's that's just the way god views it uh you know we might not like the way that god views things but you know what again our opinion really doesn't matter to him no uh, it doesn't not <laughs> at all he doesn't he you know he, he doesn't really care he, he put it down there but he put it there for a reason and like jake was saying about the confusion and all that he put it there because he knew and you know we don't seek that out enough just like we were talking you know the cause of crime absence of a father and also those children are less likely to graduate high school yep you know they're more likely to drop out yeah uh there's so many things that's why god put it together for a reason yeah and that's also why god said you know if you can't keep the vow then don't make it because when you enter into this you're just not affecting yourself Right. You're affecting all those around you. You're affecting, if you're on the fence about, you know, well, should I get divorced or not? You're affecting your children. You're affecting how they're going to view marriage. You're affecting to what's going to happen, you know, when they grow up or, you know. Yeah. And you're also leading them and you're also affecting and you guys can, you know, argue with me on this if you don't agree or not. You're also affecting the outside world and how they view christian people oh yeah because when we get into these things and we you know you get the divorce rate of 32 percent. i'm sorry you cannot tell me and i did not look it up case by case but you can't tell me that all those 32 percent of divorces were all cases of adultery no because if they were then those christians that were a part of that really need to dive into god's word yeah because they missed the whole point but what i'm getting at is you basically put the uh viewpoint of we're just hypocrites yeah and then what when you do this what's the point how are you going to win them over when you're saying oh you know god says this is a sin this is a sin and then they're like well look at the sin that you're you know putting on in your life you know it's also the viewpoint to the outside world that you know we're causing strife and trouble within ourselves and in the churches because we don't want to follow god's word yes you know as much as you affect your relationship with everyone around you, as you were saying, your relationship with your kids and all that, I just wanted to say you it affects your relationship with God. Yeah, that too. Right back to the scripture we use as our launching pad tonight. And the last verse that Mikey read, And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marry her, marrieth her, which is put away, Doth commit adultery. So not only do you affect your relationship with God, but that person that you put away, who you said I can't be with anymore, because of what you've done to one another, according to God's word, according to God's word, not mine, to God's word, you have also affected her relationship with God in a sense. If she was to marry another and you are to marry another, then you've affected your relationship with God because adultery is sin. 
Yep. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Death, And the wages of sin is death. And we can be forgiven. We ask God to forgive us. I I mean, I I don't want that to be lost in the noise here. God forgives us. He does. Paul talks about in Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, I wrote it down, verse 13. He was talking about the things he used to be, but he says this in 13, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners right. of whom I am chief. I might shout, I am the, you know, I feel like the chief of sinners. Mm-hmm. So we get forgiveness, but look at how it affects our relationship right. with God because it is sin. Yeah. The Bible says it's sin. It's one of the first 10, right? Yep. The 10 commandments. Don't commit adultery. That's yep. what he said. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And so when we do it, here we are. We're talking about doing it. What does it do? It affects our relationship with God. Yep. And even that person that we put away, we're still bound hand in yep. hand because, and whoso marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery. The snowball effect. Right. Yes. You know? So you're affecting your relationship with God and your relationship with your brother. The Ten Commandments are written, five are vertical and five are horizontal. Five of them deal with your relationship with God directly, and five of them deal with your relationship with man directly. Wow. Yep. And Amen. so when you do this, it affects both of those relationships, right? And it snowballs. What David do? He looked at Bathsheba. He said, man, I got to have her. Oh, yeah. Bring her up here. Yep. He, he gets with her. Then he, then they're like, that's Uriah's wife. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. You know, bring her up anyway. They do their thing. And then what's he got to do? He's trying to get Uriah drunk. He tries to cover it up. Because she gets he pregnant. He can't cover yeah. it up, right? Because yep. she gets pregnant. He can't cover it up. A little ball of sin. I preached that message, yep. man. And it then turns it just into snowballs, a, doesn't it? turns it? into a big beach ball by the time you're... Next thing you're you know, Uriah's up. dead. Yep. Right? Yep. Uriah's dead, yeah. And then he says, well, I'll make her my wife. Then the then the child's dead, too, and right? The child, the child is dead, yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. Look at how sin... And and war brought it upon his family, too. He fought with his son Absalom. Yeah. For, for didn't didn't, he, didn't God say the sword would never leave never his house? leave his house right. after that point? David wanted to build God a temple. He did, and God said, "No." Now this is a man after his own heart, and yep. God said, nope, "Nope, it's not for you to do it. You're yep. a man of war. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. You you can't. The sword will never the pass from you. Pass from you. Yep. And that's right. exactly what happened. And so that that's the only point I'm making is, you mm-hmm. said if you're thinking, should I get a divorce? Should I not? I mean, the answer from the preacher is: if you go talk to a preacher, and he's worth anything. He's worth you know he's worth his his salt. He should tell you, no, no, because Absolutely God not. doesn't want you to. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things you can do, and maybe I mean I don't know how many listeners you got. I don't know if you got like you know I mean maybe everyone who's listening is like, oh man, I can't wait to hear this divorce talk, you know, because it really helped me. Maybe nobody is. Maybe everybody's like, yeah, we know, dude, whatever. Right. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, but it is worth, <laughs> it, it is worth saying that it, it affects our relationship with God. It affects our relationship with one another it's a bad deal it is a, it's a bad bad deal you know god can forgive can forgive everything except yeah. for unbelief amen but yep. i tell you what you know the old preachers used to say to me when i got ordained you know they they have this talk around some of the churches around here and they ask me you know if you ever got divorced did you turn your papers in or whatever i tell you what if it ever got to that point you know where i was like man i'd be divorced my wife you'd already have them because <laughs> it'd be you know it'd be long since coming that i would be right. you know in a rough spot anyway but that you know they talk about it and this old preacher used to say to me he'd say you know if you steal a man's cow how do you make it right you give it back to him right and he'd say but if you cut that cow up into steaks and eat it 
you can't give it back to him. <laughs> 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 you know? And so it, it, he would talk about divorce that way, and it's like, man, that's like, you know, redneck logic. But I get where you're coming from, you know what I mean? Because, you know, the Bible tells us not to cover our neighbors, you know, his wife, his house, his his fishing poles. I mean, we're not supposed to cover that stuff. You t- you You know, then you're talking about, you know, it's a bad deal. Yep. That's all I can say about it. It's a bad deal. When you make a vow, God expects you to keep it. Yep. God expects us to be men and women of our word. He expects for people to be able to trust what we say. Yeah. I should be able to tell you something and you should be able to say, okay. Jake I told you. me. Jake told I, me I that. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because God mm-hmm. expects for us to be people of our word. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a man of his word, isn't Amen. he? Amen. He is. Yeah. The yep. Bible says they, they, it's impossible for God to lie, yep, right? So right. he's a man of his word. The promises of God are yay, yay and yay. You know what Amen. I'm saying? That That's it. You can take it to the bank. Amen. And so God expects us to be people of our word. And so when we make that vow, we enter into a covenant and God is the mediator of that covenant. Amen. God is the, uh, he's the judge and jury of all of it. You right. stand before God and make that vow. You know what the thing about it is? You know, <laughs> there's a lot that you could go into. I think we completely missed, you know, like the whole topic of. Well, I was going to get actually <laughs> when we were done, I was going to say before we close out, let's address that question that came up about the vow. Right. right. It's but so the- <laughs> we got time. Don't don't rush it. We're good. But we're good. we were talking about that, that vow that before that's made, you know, when you have one believer and another. And we were just talking amongst ourselves. And I said. I would, I would, if I was counseling someone, or I say counseling, if I was meeting with someone to to perform a marriage, and and they said, "Well, I'm I'm a believer, but he's not," or vice, you know, whichever way it worked, I would tell you, I would ask you, "What? Why are you thinking about entering into a such an important relationship with someone that you obviously have?" None of the important things in common with. Right. Right. What do you have in common if you believe that there's a God and that he sent his son to die for us and that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun and, 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 you know, you believe that and they don't. You believe in something after this life. They don't. Yeah. I mean, what what are you having in common? You That's both kind like of the pillars, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, we're getting married because we both like to golf or we both like to fish or whatever. I mean, <laughs> why would you ever do that to yourself no, you know what truth. i'm saying it's the truth but god judges the intent of our heart he does when thank we god make a vow, thank that's god. right but when thank we god. make a vow god knows and i also told these fellows when we were talking before you know I, I try to tell people when they meet with me i said look you've asked a preacher to perform your marriage mm-hmm. a, a preacher in a church you want to go to the church and the preacher stand in front of you and ask you questions and you want to answer those questions, whether it's just, oh, it's what it's what people do or I want a traditional wedding, you know, because I've always wanted a traditional wedding. Put that right out of your mind because what you're doing is you're asking a man of God yeah. to stand and officiate a ceremony that is between those two people and God. And yep. You are making a vow and God expects you to keep that vow. That's it. Yep. You're not going to get a cop out and say, you know, well, I, you know, no, God, ex- God knows the intents of our heart. He does. God he does. knows what we intend. He does. And when mm-hmm. you go into that, you cannot claim ignorance. You're in the church. Amen. I mean, what would you think you're doing there? Right. You're right. at a wedding in the church. Right. You could have went to the justice of the peace. You could have, you know, got somebody offline. You could have did any of that stuff, but you, you're choosing to go to a church 
and 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 repeat those words that preacher tells you and make a, a vow before God. Yeah. God knows that. Yep. And right. he expects you to keep it. Right, he does. So there was a question, right, asked mm-hmm. about uh, I think it's we're going to read this verse in Corinthians here. It's Second Corinthians. It's chapter eight, verse fourteen. It says, "Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath right righteousness with unrighteousness, and what co- communion hath light with darkness?" So that's basically saying a believer married to an unbeliever, right? That we we kind of came to that agreement. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yeah. The question was, does God recognize a vow if it's between a saved person and a lost person or a believer and a non-believer? Is that what the question was? That, that's what the question was, and uh, Jake really hit it on the uh, nail on the head, so yeah. to speak, when he said you it. He kind of already answered yeah, the question. He, he answered <laughs> it, but we're just reading the what question was asked of us. But um, it's the intent of the heart. Yeah. You, you know, there's... Um, how do I say this? We we talk about being saved and unsaved, and you know that's uh, where you stand at with God. But you know, there's many people who aren't saved who still believe in God. Yeah. Um. You know yeah. the the Bible tells us that flat out. He says, you know, not everyone that you know calls me by my name is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not right. everyone that you know you think you know you're going to find out there's a lot of and it, it's a sad name, but you're going to find out that there's a lot of good people that are, uh, you know, when time's declared no more, they're going to find themselves in a fiery pit. Yeah. And that's all there is to it, you know. So I believe it goes into, it's the, like Jake said, it's the intent of the heart. Yeah. And if you willingly know it, just like you said, why are you entering into a church in the first place? Why are you having right. an ordained minister yeah. perform your wedding when you could go to the justice of the peace? You yep. could go on, and let me tell you, just those piece of the piece is only five bucks. You know, it's about knowing what you're doing, right? When you right. go in and the preacher says, "You realize," and I tell every couple, I said, above all, this is a vow to God, and that is sacred, and it's one of the most extreme things you can do because you are promising God that this is going to be your wife, your husband for death, until death, right? Right. Do you realize that? Do you understand that? That you're coming before God and you're making a promise, a covenant. And if they ever were to say no, then I'd be like, well, I'm not your guy. Yeah, you know? right. Because I believe saved or lost, you still can make a promise, a vow in marriage to God knowing that you're doing it. You see what I'm saying? Right. Well, that- if... Let, forget the one saved, one lost. Just let's make it simple. Two lost people go to a church, right? Yeah. Man and woman, they get married. Then two years later, they go to a revival meeting and get saved. Do yeah. they call the preacher and say, hey, we need you to marry us again? Because That we was what came up. We I'm lost, glad you but, brought that up. But now we're saved, so we need you to marry again? No. no That's exactly. not what people do. No, it's because the vow was recognized by God. That's right. Because you guys knew what you were doing when you were standing there making the vow to God. Just like that, yep. Yep. And that that's crazy you said that because I had a person when I brought this up to them talking about it and they were like, Oh, does that mean that like uh I'm just gonna be honest, it was Nicole. We were talking about it, you know. And she was like, Does that mean that person has to be remarried after that and stuff or like renew their vows? And I'm like, No, honey, I I, I don't believe it that way. I right. believe that when you approach 
that situation when you you stand at an altar in front of a minister and in, above all in front of a God and make that vow knowing you're doing it, then in God's eyes it's a vow. Right. Because, but I would do want to say between a man and a woman. Amen. 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 Because Amen. Amen. you can get you can have your church and you can have your minister and fancy suit and you can read from the Bible if you want. But God recognized the union of man and woman. Amen. Amen. That, yeah. That's the vows that God recognized. And for us in this room, it goes without saying. It goes without no. saying, but I thought I'm I'd glad throw that you, out hey, there. I'm glad you did I'm, it, brother. I'm, I am glad, glad you, you did, did it. it. Because it is one man, one woman. That is the re- that's the union that God recognizes. Amen, brother. Because you can make promises all day. Yeah. But God amen. will not. I mean, two women, two men, whatever you want to do. I can stand up there with a pig and make a vow to God. He ain't going to recognize it. And God does not recognize yeah. that vow. Amen. No. Amen. God Amen. recognizes my foolishness, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but he won't recognize that vow. Right. And that's just the way it is. That, male and female. Hey, amen. I'm glad you, I'm glad hey, you brought I, it out. I, I am glad amen. you brought it up. I, I was uh, thinking about saying something earlier that, you know, but, you know, that's where the that's where the hate mail is going to come in. Hey, uh, bring it on. <laughs> that's okay. We'll have, we'll have all the uh, groups or whatever outside protesting our churches, but that's all right. Well, the thing about we'll it just is, preach is them that the truth, brother. <laughs> he goes right back to that verse in Romans I said, They've changed the glory right. of an incorruptible God, the glory of the image of an incorruptible God to the image of a corruptible man. Yep. yep. And when you do that, when God is nothing more than an old man sitting in heaven, you know, oh, what should I do next? What should I do next? When God is nothing more than that, when he's nothing more than a man, then you can do whatever you want. That's it. Yep. But, that, yeah. but that's not what God is. God no. had so much glory that Moses said, let me see you. And God said, get in the cleft of the rock, and I'll put my hand over you. And, and when pass I pass by, by him. I'll yep. move my hand. And you can see my. You can just see me walk by. You can yep. see my hinder parts. Yep. And Moses came down from that mountain. And they, they put a veil over his they face. They couldn't look at his Amen. face yep. because he saw God's hind end. Amen. And that's the glory of God. He's not, he's not like me and you. No. He's not at all. Amen, brother. And it's that just it's just worth pointing out over and over again. Right. That because the world so much has made God like their friend. Amen. Like like God is just this we put him in the box, right? This is what God is. And God's something different to everybody. Well, I think God is in the in the flowers and God's in the birds and God's something to everybody. No. God, God is, is God. God. Amen. He's the great I am. He's the one yeah. who spoke and created everything that we see and Amen. we have. That's right. it. That's who God is. God Amen. is all-powerful. God is all-seeing. God is all-knowing. And God is just, and God is holy. Amen, brother. <laughs> and, and, and that's what he is. And he said, be ye holy, because I am holy, for right. I am holy. That's what he said. You know, God wants us to live a Christian life. He wants us to live, we say a Christian life, he wants us to live a life like Christ. That's it. Trusting in the blood of his son. Yep. When we do that, God expects some things from us. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So we when we, when we make God just like any other man, then you can get away with whatever you want. Right. But when you recognize God for who He for who He is and what He is, you'll find out you're you're not getting away with nothing. Nope. You can fool yourself. You can fool the preacher. You can fool your friends, but you will not fool God. Right. A- amen. And that and that's the truth. And that's the problem. You know, you think about the divorce rate as high as it is today, and you know, you go back, you know, thirty, forty years ago, you know, just like Jake said at the beginning, we used to live a more biblical lifestyle. Than what they're living now, I mean, and think, it reflects. It reflects in our actions. So when we start talking about you know things going on in the world today, and you we start talking about the sins and that, and allowing it, and giving you know giving them that inch, and they're going to take a mile. It, it truly reflects. It reflects in marriages and how people act in marriages and everything. It's yeah. completely changed everything 
because of the little sin that we let in. And uh, last time he was on this podcast, he made to made a correction on me because I said it was accepted and he changed it and it made more sense with what he said. The more we celebrate that little sin, the more things spiral out of control yep. and the worse things get, you know, including things with our marriage, mm-hmm. you know. You know, you said, let's go back, you know, 40, 50 years. Let, let, I'm going to put it in perspective for you, okay? In the 1950s, the 1950s, Gone with the Wind was offensive. Gone with the Wind was offensive. And I don't know if you guys just seen the Grammys or heard about what happened at the Grammys. That wasn't offensive. Isn't Gone with the Wind still offensive now? Because it's Yes. That's what I'm saying. But back then, they it started a it was uproar racy. in the nation. Yeah. Right? It was racy. Well, yeah, it started an uproar. Well, no, because she said, he said, frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a Yeah, he said blank, the word. Right? And it lit the world on fire. I'm not going to see a movie. On they fire. Talking that yeah. foul in, language. In the Grammys. Right. In the Grammys, we had Cardi B perform a song that I'm not going to mention what it is because it's very inappropriate. Right. And the stuff she was doing on that stage wasn't offensive. That's the world we live in today. I didn't That's... watch. I'm kind of looking at you. <laughs> I didn't watch it either. Who won? No. I didn't, I didn't watch, watch it either. The only reason. The o- That's what triggered my interest was I read an article. Yeah. So then I looked it up. And it was like, wow. That's the world we live in now. Sure. You know, and it, it's slow. And it's, it goes with if Satan can get his toe in a door jam, he can come through the whole door. You know, we've let Satan r- run rampant in our in our world today. Right, right. The Bible says, "Neither give place to the devil." That's what it tells us. Yeah. So why would we knowingly give place for him in our life? Right, right, right. Why would we do something that we that gives him a place when the Bible says, "Don't give him, don't give him a place. Yeah. Don't let him sit down. Don't yeah. let him get comfortable. Don't give him a place in your life." Exactly. And you look at and going back. You want to go all the way back to the fifties? We'll go back to the fifties and. You look at the crime rates and everything else. You look at everything going on. And then look at what we have on television today. Oh, what's, God. What's acceptable in uh, Disney movies? Even. You have got to filter, and, man. As a, yeah. as a father, you have got to filter out what your kids are watching. You're constantly right. listening. I mean, am I wrong, Jake? No. It's... TV's on. You're listening. You're listening for anything. And I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're good but anything you. that is said... Because they sneak it in, man. Yeah, yep. They, they they do, and it's, you know, you look at it because, like, and I, I brought up Disney, and I'm not trying to bash Disney here. I, I've got my personal opinions about what Disney's done and a couple of things. But I point out, you know, when Walt Disney was alive, he had a different studio that anything that was a PG-13 rating or higher would be produced under that studio. He did not want it produced under the Disney name. Right. So, but now you look at it. They have the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm a huge Captain America fan. I'm a nerd. It is what it is. But, you know, they they cuss in the show, but it's under Disney's name. They cuss in the show. They make innuendos that we all know what they're talking about. I mean, a little kid might not catch on, but we know what they're talking about. And they do all these things now. And you look at the world today and how chaotic it is. You go back into the 50s and that. You know, the first couple that was ever shown in bed was the Flintstones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. and that was even something that was like strange to people, right? Because they didn't see it, and I mean, it's not that they were naive. I mean, I don't think that you know everyone back in the fifties was like, oh, you know, we we had to sleep in separate beds. I know a lot of you know 
couples did do that. Maybe that's why Jake, their marriages last longer. They slept in separate beds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. You, you get this. And then all of a sudden when they start allowing this stuff more and more to slip through the TV, more and more of you get the violence and everything else, you know? Sure. Shows used to have morals. You know, now where's the moral at? In the, right. But, you know? I mean, I can take exactly what you're saying, and I agree with it. I mean, I, I agree 100% with what you're saying. But the, that problem also is so much deeper. I mean, this podcast could go on for forever. Oh, right? yeah. But that goes so much deeper because what's the root of that problem? It's not what's on TV, but it's how much time are your kids watching? How much time that's are it. your kids? No, that's right. Right? Because yeah. what has the world done? Not Mom and dad both work. Yeah. So who's babysitting the kids? The TV. The TV. TV yep. Turn that TV on, man. Them kids are just... And so I guess what I'm saying is, and I'm not... I don't want to come across as people work. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You got to work. That's what you got to do. And I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that they could put whatever they wanted on TV, but if I didn't watch it... You wouldn't even and know it. And it wouldn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it, it, that's the thing. They can do whatever they want, but... As a parent, as husband and wife, you know what I'm saying? Because we were talking about marriage, and now we're talking about Disney. This is how things get out of control. <laughs> we were talking about marriage, now we're talking about Disney. But as as a parent, as a husband and wife, as a team, you have to, you know, you got to decide what's okay. Yeah. And, right. and really, God took all the guesswork out of it for us because he gave us this manual so to live our life is. by. That's right. Yep. And, and we can, it's real easy to discern. We can, you know, what we have to do. But... Fathers need to raise their kids and mothers. Mm -hmm. And you do that by having God in your relationship with one another. And when God is in the center of your marriage, both from in both hearts, when God is in the center of your marriage, and both husband and wife have a desire to serve and please God, Amen. that is how you have a successful marriage. That's it. Right. That is how you have a, success, a successful marriage. That is how... You raise your kids in a way that's pleasing to God. Amen. When you seek God and you, when you as a man seek God and your wife seeks God, your children can't help but see. see God. Yeah. But, but to, but to oh, see to mom see. and dad do it. You know what I'm saying? They, they can't help but to see. My, this, is, this is what people do. I, and then when they grow up and they're looking for someone to spend their life with, they're thinking, God's important to me. I got to find somebody that God's important to. Yeah. Right. And we'll seek God together. And we'll glorify God together. We'll it's, it, serve God together. And that's how, you know. And that's yeah. that's funny you say that, too. And I'm going to say this. I promise you I'm going to shut up after this. But <laughs> Avery will keep me in check, Jake, my oldest. For example, I came home the other day starving, right? I don't know if it was I didn't have lunch or I was busy at work, whatever. I came home and I was starving. Nicole had a dinner made. She has it made every, every day. I come home or whatever. I made my plate, you know, and I sit down. I'm just, I'm wolfing, right? And I look over and Avery's just staring at me, Jake. He's staring at me. And I'm like, what? And I just keep eating. He's like, Dad, you didn't pray. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I didn't pray. And he's like, I'll pray. And he started praying. Yeah. And I'm like, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Yeah. Right? Because that's the kind of stuff that they see. And yeah. I'm thankful that they see it, you know. Sure. But So my cousin Nick Goins, he came up. When we were all a lot younger, he came up a couple years in a row, and he he preached like the homecoming at our church, and he preached a couple. We called them youth revivals, but they were really kind of for everybody. It was a you know some of my 
more fond memories. Anyway, so we spent a lot of time with him. It seemed, it seemed like more time with him in those couple of years. And uh, he would always wait. And it, I love it. I mean, I'm not saying it bad. But he would wait until you got like a, the biggest bite of your <laughs> hamburger with bacon and lettuce, tomato, just stuff in your face with it. And as soon as you pulled that thing away from your face, he'd be like, hey, Jake, will you bless that food? <laughs> Hey, will you bless the food for us? And you'd be like, I mean, you could just feel stupid. You'd have to try to, you know, swallow that bite real quick. And then you'd be like, yeah, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 it goes oh, to show. Oh, good it, stuff. Yeah, and you're 100% right. That it, We're responsible for that. You, you know, you need to be watching because, again, we've, we've given them an inch with what they're allowed to do. So now we need to be more vigilant on what we're, you know, allowing and how what are kids are seeing in that growing up are responsible for that. I mean, we're, we're Baptists. We all had those shows. We all had those parents that would not let us watch certain shows growing up. Yeah. You know, they were, they were banned from the TV. You didn't even yeah. turn them on, you know, yep. and you know, we need to be about that. But, uh, are you guys pretty content with everything? You know, no, I'm, I'm done. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and, uh, close this then. Uh, just want everyone to know we do, if you're local here in Monroe or, you know, within driving distance and that we, uh, He'll have a good Friday service the Third. second. Second? Second. Second. Yeah. Okay. Easter's the fourth. So I'm sorry, uh, second. April second. Uh we'll have the Smith family singing. Um we I can't tell you who's gonna be preaching it. Just whatever preacher shows up and God puts the message on their heart, that's who we're gonna go with. We're just yep. gonna follow the Lord with that. Um if you don't have a church to attend, you know, true gospel missionary Baptist Church, we're at thirty two twelve East Dunbar Road. 10 a.m. Sunday school, 11 a.m. worship service. Uh, brother Jake here is over at Evergreen Acres. What's the address over there? 4875. 4875 Dunbar Road, uh, literally just down the road from us. Uh, do you guys have Sunday school going on back Yeah, yet, actually, or? we just started last week having our Sunday night in-person service again, too. So okay. our services are Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Sunday school. Uh, 11 a.m. worship, and then 6 p.m. on Sundays. And then Wednesday night, we do a Facebook Live broadcast service on my Facebook page, Jake Clawson. All right, perfect. So, you know, if you can get out there <laughs> one at a time. Um, also, there's going to be a revival starting Friday at Bible Baptist in Monroe. Yep, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I just want to know, uh, we're going to, there's still some things that we want to cover in marriage. Uh, we just don't want to drain our listeners out with there's so many topics of marriage that are covered in the Bible. And when you think about things, we could go on and on and on for months on end talking about marriage and nothing else. Uh, but we do want to take a pause from that. So our next episode, we're going to kind of wrap things up with this episode. We'll get back into some other things that we want to discuss. But our next episode, we're going to be talking about uh, salvation and the one true God. Amen. You know, many people think there's all these other gods or there's the same person and this person's the same as this person. No, there, there's the great I am and that's it. That's right. uh, there's there's one true God. There There's no multiple different. It's all the same. No, there's one true God and he'll be worshipped in spirit and truth. And that probably will segue into a few a series, I would say. Right. Because I think we need to go in depth with you know, explaining some of the other religions out there and put them in comparison with Christ. Right. So we're going to be doing that. That'll be on our next episode. Um, 
And we're going to be bringing it. We're going to try to bring in a couple of preachers on that one to get more conversation going in that. Um, if you have a, you can also see us. Uh, if you want to see, you know, some of our services of us preaching, go to shout on Josh Braden YouTube. He's got recordings up of us. Um, if you have a prayer request or you, you want to send us an email, uh, you want to send us some criticism, you know, say you're doing a good job. You don't agree with something, disagree. You want to call us a few names. We got thick skin, so go ahead and send it. Plus, I can always just hit the delete button if I have to. But, you know, we, we, we want to encourage our listeners to actually interact with us, just like the one person from Brazil sending us that email. We like it. We yeah, like thank you for that. And, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, but our email is truegospelmissionarybaptist at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a church website. It is truegospelmissiona.wixsite.com slash website. Uh, there you can see what we got going on as far as uh, services and that. You can look at our uh, Facebook page in that. And since we're going to be go ahead and getting into salvation in that, I'm going to end this here with a uh, verse, the third chapter of John, 16th verse. Um, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So, uh, hopefully you're, you're going to keep listening. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and, you know, God willing for the next one, we'll see you then. Uh, God bless.